This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number one hundred and ninety-nine of Youpreneur FM. It's a pleasure to have you with me. My name is Chris Ducker. I'm your host, and I'm also the founder of Youpreneur.com, the fastest growing online community for personal brand entrepreneurs that want to build a business that they can truly be proud of. If you haven't already gone ahead and downloaded our Youpreneur Launchpad Companion course, which is 100% free, I absolutely suggest you go ahead and do it right now. You can get it at chrisducker.com forward slash Launchpad. And it's three videos and a few other bits and pieces that I know is going to help you not only get started, but if you've already got somewhat of a brand already put together, it'll help you get things up to the next level in a productive, profitable manner. So if you haven't already got instant free access to the course, go ahead and do so. ChrisDucker.com forward slash Launchpad. Now, today I'm extremely happy and very, very proud to be able to bring on a good friend of mine, Dan Miller from 48 Days Fame. Now, Dan and I only actually met for the first time when I was over in the US a few months ago on one of my speaking tours over there. And he very graciously invited me to his home to not only hang out and have breakfast, but also to meet his beautiful wife, Joanne, and just genuinely talk about what it is to be a business coach, and not just a coach, but a coach of other coaches as well. And we had such a great conversation over the space of a few hours. On a number of occasions, I said to him, you know what, I feel like we should be bloody recording this, Dan, to which he chuckled in his very kind of sophisticated manner. (laughs) And then he turned around and said, well, let's get it on a podcast. So here we go. This is the conversation between me and Dan talking about what it takes to be a great coach of other Coaches, an industry that is booming bigger and better than ever before. I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Dan. I know I enjoyed sitting down with him, and I just wish we had more time to just go deeper and deeper. Maybe we'll get him back again at some point in the future. Enjoy, guys. So, Dan, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm honored to be your guest. Man, the honor and the pleasure is all mine and all all our listeners today as well. So, look, I mean, I have been a Dan fan for a long time. I feel like I should have a T-shirt made with that now. Number one Dan fan. We could make that happen. (laughs) I'm sure we could. We're pretty creative guys. Um, I've been a Dan fan for ages, but you and I recently got the opportunity to hang out in Nashville when I was there um, for a conference, and you very graciously invited myself and Mrs. Quack, as she is... uh, affectionately known <laughs> as on on the podcast um to your to your home and to meet with yourself and your wife and have breakfast and hang around and just have some fun on the property there and it was easily one of the highlights for our trip to nashville so i want to publicly say thank you for the invite for that it was very pleasant and it was a, a great time but um i don't know how you feel about things but when we finally got that opportunity to hang out with each other and spend that time with each other, I think we became pretty fast friends. And uh, I, I can't wait to, you know, get to, get to know each other even better. I, I, I feel like this is the beginning of hopefully a, a very lifelong-based relationship. That's the way I feel, Dan. I'm putting it out there, buddy. 
Well, hey, I'm, again, honored to be on the receiving end of those compliments. You know, <laughs> when we have people out here at our property, it's a different experience than just meeting at a conference or meeting even at, at a restaurant privately. Yeah. You know, when you see where somebody lives and breathes and sleeps and eats, it, it gives you a, a more of an intimate look into the life that they live. And so we were thrilled to have you and hers out here and just spend that time with us and walk around. Yeah, that's the best way to get to know who we are. And we loved having you guys here. Uh, we absolutely did. Of course, we had one of our granddaughters here. Yeah. You know, she's pretty easy to connect with as well. Created some memories for her. Gal, you walked up to my old truck, honked the uh, Auga horn, and had yep. to jump away to get away from the hornets, I guess. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> and that was, and, and you guys can look at this on, on Instagram if you truly want to laugh at me. Hashtag man skipping, and you'll see what we're talking about there. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm the only, well, I don't know. There might be other people that have used that hashtag, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be up there. Um, Dan, you know, there's so many different ways that we could go with this conversation, but the thing that I want to zoom in on here for the next 30 minutes or so is coaching coaches. Because I do it, you do it, there are several people out there doing it, but I kind of feel... I mean, this is this is different to just coaching entrepreneurs, right? Because coaches are sometimes your biggest critic at the same time if, if they're being coached themselves. Give us the, the, the kind of the background as to how this became a focus for you from a business perspective. Yeah, God, I'd be delighted to. Everything that I do today is in direct response to just listening to what people are asking for. Mm. I've, I've got a mantra that has served me really well, Chris, over the years, and that is if three people ask me the same question, I create a product to provide a solution. So I got into this whole arena through doing personal coaching. My background academically is in clinical psychology, you know, so I was coaching, working with people, doing it just as a volunteer. That wasn't my source of income. I'm an entrepreneur, so I was always creating money from ideas that I was just having fun with. But through our church, I started teaching a Sunday school class, and that grew into being seen as a resource for helping people through these career transitions. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a lot of really quick, extraordinary success with that, and then positioned myself as a coach, and of course then added to that speaking, writing, some other things that have worked pretty well as well. But then pretty quickly, I started having people saying, gee, I'm a coach as well. How can I do what you've done with coaching? Well, and I would tell them everything I know. I've always been very open-handed about that. But when it came to I'm telling the same thing 20 times a month, I thought, why don't I just create an event where we get people together who are interested in coaching, and I'll spend two days and just tell them everything that I know. Right. So we did that. So we've been doing coaching with excellence now for five years. An event, a two-day event, we do it three times a year here on our property in Franklin, Tennessee. And doing that, I mean, I just pour into people what I'm doing. But you know what? We had people coming back, you know, three months later, six months later saying, gee, Dan, now I've got my first client. What should I do in this situation? Gee, what are the best things to really market and grow my business now that I am having a steady funnel of clients? How can I leverage my message and start creating multiple streams of income by taking the same things I do in coaching, create audio products, do live events, mm -hmm. speak, the, write the kind of things you do? So we went another level higher. We created, because of the request for it, a program called Coaching Mastery. So it's a six to 12 month program. People can go at their own speed, but that's typically how long it takes. 
and they get DISC certified. They go through Coaching 101, an online training that I've got. We have a every Tuesday a live call for everybody in that program. Uh, currently, we've got about 97 people in there. And then once a year, we have an event for just those Coaching Mastery people. So it, it was really just, it, it wasn't something that I laid out. Gee, I want to you know, have a business where I coach coaches. It was just in listening to people mm. and helping people personally and having some success as a coach, and then having people ask me how I did that, and it grew and grew and grew into now, 99% of the coaching I do is coaching coaches how to grow their businesses. It's funny, isn't it, how things kind of develop as we, as we develop as well as, as, you know, as entrepreneurs personally. It's funny how all we really need to do is just listen to people, and I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. I learned how to listen as a sales professional, um, because I've always been in the sales industry, and my first ever real sales kind of, uh, 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 I'm not going to use the word guru, but I guess mentor is a better word. Um, he said to me, you know what, if you want to learn how to sell, you got to learn how to listen first. Um, you should be listening twice as much as you're talking. And it's never left me that. And I think that what I've done um, as an entrepreneur is I've really focused in on listening to my audience. My audience has, without a doubt, uh, truly shaped the way that my business has grown over the last 12 years. And I'm talking corporate clients, coaching clients, podcast listeners, blog subscribers, the whole kit and caboodle. Just listen. Why do you think people aren't doing enough of it? Oh, my. You know, I, I don't know if another more important single business principle than that, no matter what kind of business you have. Right. Listen well. People who have something to offer, so typically, even when they're really passionate about, they're excited about, they just tell, 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 tell. You know, and they never give the customer or prospect an opportunity to ask questions, you know, to engage. There's a four-step process that I use for myself and that we teach in our coaching process. That is, 40% of the process is developing rapport and trust. 30% is identifying need. 20% then is product presentation or product knowledge. 10% is what we call gaining commitment. Right. So if you do the first part, but you recognize there that 70% of that is really just the relationship part of it. I mean, if I walk onto a car lot and I need an economical, high-gas mileage car for my daughter to drive back and forth to college over in Knoxville. And the dude takes me right over the 750 BMW and he says, man, you're going to really love this car. You know, it's got a sunroof. It's got a Bose sound system. The payment's only $784 a month. That's where you feel pressure because he hasn't taken the time to really identify my need. Mm. So it, it really is so counterproductive for people to go right into pitching their product. I hate that word. You know, pitching their product. They're telling people about the benefits, the features of what they have when they've never taken the time to even identify, is this person a good candidate for what I have? If they're not, don't waste your time trying to push something on them they don't want or need. So that first part is so important. But people are so eager to get to the selling part, being able to tell you about how wonderful it is, you know, what they have. Chris, I mean, we see this blatantly online. Oh, you, you every get that email. bloody day. Oh, you get that email. And 
there's nothing to help you self-identify as a prospect for what they have. It's just, you need this, blah, 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 this does this, this does this, and they shove it down your throat virtually. And I really resist those kind of things. I think, man, you have no idea if I'm a candidate or not. Don't just assume I am. And even electronically, we can help people decide, are they a candidate for what we're going to show them or not? Yep, it's, it's, just, it's just small thinking. It's just immature business to not listen well. Yeah, agree, 100%. So let me ask you this then. When, you're, when, when you started out as, or, or not started out, that's the wrong term. So when you realized that this was going to be the bulk of your business, coaching other coaches, what were the first two or three things that you decided that you were going to, quote unquote, put together or launch for them? In listening to what coaches need, I recognized we can teach the psychodynamics of coaching pretty quickly. And right. That's available in a lot of places. There are a whole lot of programs out there that will help you really understand, you know, how to connect well with people and how to coach them well. What was missing and what's missing, we have a lot of coaches come to our program who are certified by other coaching programs, but they've never learned how to put two nickels together. They know the psychodynamics of coaching, but they don't know the business of coaching. So my focus has always been on the business side. What can you do? And, and here's kind of where we start with this. We know statistically that 95% of coaches never make more than $40,000 a year. Wow. That can be pretty discouraging. Or my approach always is, okay, how difficult can it be to put myself into the 5% that are not in the 95% who only make $40,000 I mean, all I have to do is look at what coaches are doing and be willing to do things they're not doing. So we teach people how to put yourself in business, you know, how to share things that have value and get those people to share with others, how to get referrals. I mean, my gosh, if you're effective as a coach, you shouldn't have to make cold calls after the first 90 days of coaching because those people you work with ought to be your biggest fans and be referring people to you left and right. I mean, when I, but, but here's, and, of course, I, I've been in this game a long time, Chris. When we have somebody come here for one of our events, so they pay $1,000 to come to Coaching with Excellence, and they have to come to that before we will even talk to them about being in a coaching mastery program. So they pay $1,000 to come to that. It's never a fact that, gee, they heard you know, Chris Ducker refer to Dan Miller last week, and so they decided to come to that. No, the people that come here... Wow, I've been getting your newsletter for 10 years. Sure. Yeah, I've been listening to your podcast you know, for three years. Wow, I heard you on Dave Ramsey. You know, I saw you here. It's always a combination of things, that repetitive process that builds the rapport and trust so people are willing to come and pull the trigger. So a lot of what I do in teaching coaches is tell them how to do that. Now, it doesn't take years and years, but you have to be giving people opportunities to connect with, see you, experience you, in ways before they're going to pull out the credit card and pay money to engage with you. And a lot of people want to short-circuit that process. They want to go right to where people just line up and pay them money. No. You build rapport and trust. By, if, it can be blogging. It can be podcasting. It can be speaking at conferences. It can be guest posting. It can be producing an ebook, you know, a little audio program, a course, lots of things. But there ought to be some things that build an infrastructure so people see you as a viable coach. I love it. Oh my God, we could go in so many different directions with this right now. <laughs> it's so good. I, I eat this stuff up because, you know, I genuinely get very excited about the opportunity of 
being able to help other people and you know inspire them and motivate them and all that sort of stuff as well. But I think a lot of the time also, and I mean, you know, we have a lot of coaches inside of Youpreneur as well and across so, so many different industries, way too many to, to list down here now. Um, I think one of the big issues is even if they figured out what people want, it's then actually creating whatever it is they want to create to serve them the best. Now, you have done pretty much everything in regards to this, right? So you're doing live seminars, you do retreats, you do downloadable products, you're about to launch a membership, um, live events, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How do we start like, oh my gosh, I mean, this could be literally a one-day training platform on its own right here in terms of seminars. How do we start figuring out the best way to be able to deliver that coaching to coaches? Is it through recorded content? Is it through live, et cetera, et cetera? How, how have you kind of crafted that multiple income stream that you've built up over at 48days.com? Yeah, great question. And a lot of people spend a lot of time looking at the back end of building a business without doing the one thing required to be successful as a coach, and that's coaching people. So I'm I, so I, happy you said that. <laughs> I have a lady in our coaching mastery program. She's a really competent gal, came out of a corporate position, making 125000 a year. So she certainly is no slouch. She spent six months building her website, you know, doing little Facebook posts, you know, tweaking things, really clarifying her coaching packages and all that. Six months, never generated a penny. Hmm. I said, we'll, we'll use Samantha, whatever, as the name. I said, Samantha, what I want you to do is close your computer. I want you to go down to a local coffee house and spend the afternoon. Talk to people. You'll do way better at engaging with a co- coaching client by having conversations with people than hiding behind your computer, putting out another blog post or whatever. And a lot of people confuse social media as a business when it's nothing but the tools. There still has to be something there. You know, I cringe uh, when, when I go to these conferences, Chris, where, you know, I talk about podcasting and, you know, somebody all eager-eyed comes up and, you know, Dan, hey, I started my podcast. And I'm great. Congratulations. What's your business? And they look at me like a deer in the headlights. What do you mean? I have a podcast. <laughs> saying, man, don't see that as a business. That's a wonderful, wonderful tool. But build something. Now, certainly, you know, people can feel from there. I'm kind of generalizing, but I, I see that as a tool. My writing. I mean, I've got books that have done really, really well. You know, New York Times bestseller. I don't see that as a, a real part of my business other than being a way for people to be introduced to me. So then they can really become aware of the things that I do that give them massive value and where I make massive money. Mm. Those are just tools to introduce. So a lot of people... And they just get they, they get enamored with the tools and they avoid the one thing and that's engaging directly with people. Talk to people. Yesterday I did a call with my mastery people and we talked about how just those casual engagements that we have, whether it's at the dry cleaners, the grocery store, or what here's here's an example. One of the gals in my mastery program lives in Birmingham, Alabama. But her mom is in the hospital, in and out of hospital, with cancer treatment in Los Angeles. So she goes out there. So she sits with her mom. Boom. So the kidney specialist walks in. And she says, golly, you're always here. You take meticulous notes. You keep the team informed. You know, you always look, look like a million bucks. What do you do? 
And this gal was able to tell her value proposition statement. You know, I help people plan strategies. You know, I'm a strategic and business coach. The gal said, now this is a kidney specialist. She said, I've got an idea I've been working on for five years. I've made no progress. I'm, so, I'm just like a gerbil on a wheel. She says, what would it take for you to coach me for one year? And this gal, my master gal, said, $50,000. You know what the next question the lady asked? How soon can we start? Mm-hmm. Love it. That, if you are clear on what it is you deliver and are available and can be willing to communicate clearly with people that you meet just in casual conversations, your coaching schedule is going to fill up. But, um, but we come back to, I mean, there's a really basic issue here. It does require a level of self-confidence to do that. You and I are sales guys. You know, we both love selling. To sell something, selling effectively is simply sharing enthusiasm. Right. If you go to a great restaurant, you know, you, you and hers go to Chipotle, and you tell your friends about that, you're selling because you're sharing enthusiasm about something you experienced. We have to have that same kind of enthusiasm about what we can do to help people transform their lives as coaches. If we don't, if we're hesitant, it's going to be very transparent. Nobody's going to engage with us. But if we're that clear and say and, and believe that that person we're talking to is going to miss out something valuable if they don't engage with us as a coach, we're going to connect with people more than we can possibly serve. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree any more with that. And I think that, that that enthusiastic approach is one of the things that a lot of people can sometimes go a little over the top with. And because they're that eager to serve, they're that eager to be able to sell, um, I mean, I've certainly been on the receiving end of that before, and I think that you probably have as well. And it's not, it, it almost comes across as a little um, desperate to a certain degree. Oh, my. Right? I mean, it's, yeah. uh, that's the way I feel about it anyway. And, and that's why, you know, we all, we all do these things. We always hop on, you know, we all hop onto people's email lists. Let's see what they're up to. Let's see what they put together and all that sort of type of thing. And, you know, there, are, there have been one or two people who will rename, you know, remain nameless for now. But one or two people in the last year who have done certain product launches, um, who have quite frankly that the only term I I can describe or use to describe it would be they've just hammered me. They've hammered me around their launch literally every mm-hmm. single day. Several emails. That's desperation. Mm-hmm. So that's not classy selling. That's desperation it, by all means. On the first day and the, and the last day of your launch, send me a couple of emails. That's fine. Create some scarcity. I get it. But when your launch is 10, 12 days and you're hitting me up two or three times every single day, that comes across as desperate. What do you think about that? Oh, my gosh. We, we're really jumping into muddy water here <laughs> with, with peers of ours who are in our, both our audiences. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, it drives me crazy. Yeah. We've, we've done some very, very successful affiliate programs this year with people who have come out you know with products they want to promote and yet i won't mention any of them but we only do things that i really strongly believe in that can help my audience and of course we get with that okay here's the 36 emails that you should use you know on this time sequence with your audience we never do that we send out two yep two is the maximum that i send out if somebody opens a link to a video or whatever, then sure, they'll go in that person's system for getting more. 
but they are not going to get from me, gee, you have to do this, you have to do this, you're stupid if you don't. Not at all. I do too. And sometimes I cringe because of what it opens them up to mm. from the providers from then on. There's got to be a better way. I mean, I, I, he, he, here's the deal. We know that the term product launch formula, you know, is made famous by our buddy Jeff Walker and certainly a valid formula. Unfortunately, anytime a process can be reduced to a formula, it opens the door for overuse and abuse. And that's exactly what we've seen. People have taken that, and we're, we're going to wear our audiences out with these product launches and book releases and whatever with that system. We're going to start turning people off, and I'm just not going to participate in that. If we're going to just do things. It may be old-fashioned, but I think we're going to burn people out and by abusing our access to them. Mm. And I think we can, I, I, even when I do a, a book launch, I mean, publishers and people who do book launches, they're obsessed with the first 30 days. I tell my publisher, I really don't care a whole lot what happens in the first 30 days. I'm really more concerned about what happens after three years. Sure. Am I introducing something that's going to have ongoing value? If so, we can see an uprise in its integration into people's lives over a very, very long period of time. It doesn't have to be in the first 30 days, just something wham, bam, the fanciest thing on the block right now, and then it's quickly abandoned and lost. Yeah. One of the things, too, that, you know, that, that we're seeing when people do those kind of pushy, hyped launches is the people who ask for refunds is astronomical. Mm. That, that would really make me cringe. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think that a lot of, you know, a lot of, well, I mean, I don't think I bloody know, is that a lot of, a lot of the times when you are an affiliate for something and you promote it and, you know, they've got this old affiliate payments are sent 60 days out, or 90 days out or whatever it is. And that's because of the fact that they're wanting to see where their, where their guaranteed refund period is going to end. Like that, that. Like, I get it from a business perspective. Obviously, I get it. But it also shows that there's not that much, I guess, confidence in what they're creating as well. If they, if they really feel that they've got to wait that amount of time as well. I, I mean, you know, it just drives me I, mad. It drives me I nuts. I agree 100%. I would rather release something knowing that because of value and follow-up and service – you know, we're going to have a 1% to 2% refund request, I mean, and just build that in, and we can pay out affiliate commissions right at the front end. But when people have to hold your money, you know, for six months, and they're going to experience 30 to 40% refunds, that means you oversold on the front end. Yeah. That means you talked somebody into something that really didn't have value for them or wasn't a fit for them. And to me, that's just poor business. I don't want to do that. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Well, how, how many people have we offended in the last five minutes here? <laughs> Probably a fair few. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay. And I'll, I'll tell you why I say this. And for you guys listening in, you know me. You know I don't BS. It's not my style. I'll tell you exactly how it is. This is the difference between the long game approach, which you also know is my number one focus. This is what Dan and I are talking about right now. That's the long game approach. The people that we're offending... They might make some money in the next 12 months, but let me tell you something. The chance of them being in business 10 years from now, or at least at the same level as where they might be right now, is very, very, very slim indeed. And I think the long game approach, as I call it, is something that um, 
is vastly under is is under uh, uh, predicted and utilized from from an entrepreneurial perspective. I don't know about you, Dan, but everything I do, like you say, instead of thirty days, give me three years, give me thirteen years, give me thirty years. You know what I mean? We just came out with. I, I was selling forty eight days to the work you love in a three ring binder. Way back in the day, you know, went to a Mark Victor Hansen conference, Megabook University, listened to that guy who co-authored Chicken Soup for the Soul, mm-hmm. came back, and golly, in about two years, we sold uh, almost $3 million worth of that three-ring binder. I mean, I hadn't talked to publishers or anything. Then we went to a regular publisher. I mean, they were knocking on my door. So we came out with that in 2005. I did a light update in 2010, and in 2015, we came out with a 10th anniversary edition of that in hardback. I mean, you don't see that in a book. Yep. You have a book that's been around that long, come out with a 10th anniversary edition in hardback, but it's because we continue to provide value to people in terms of them figuring out you know, how God has uniquely gifted them and how to turn that into meaningful, productive, and profitable work. That's the kind of thing I want to be connected with, something that has that kind of a life. Yep. Not a splash in a pan where, gee, I can take a Caribbean cruise and got a whole lot of people out there scratching their heads about what they got from me, nah, they want to be part of that. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% with you. And and I think that that just, you know, the, the fact that you've got the hardback, it's expanded, it's updated. Ten, We're talking 10 years here. 10 years. I don't, um, do, you know rough, do you know roughly how many copies you've sold over that time? Yeah, with the three editions, as near as my publisher can track, we're at about 1.4 million on that book. See, that, that right there... You can put whatever label you want on it, but that's legacy. Like, that's a level of legacy right there. Because to know that you've sold that many copies of that book, you've changed that many lives, uh, that's huge, Dan. Like, that's – congratulations, man. Like, that's yeah. a big number. And, and that's, just, that's just people that have bought the book. Obviously, not everyone that you've come into contact with has picked up the book. I know you'd probably like to think that they have. But, <laughs> but the chances are there are some people out there that enjoy what you do that, have, that haven't even picked up the book as well. So the number's vastly bigger than 1.4 million people, obviously. Yeah. Now, let me just throw something in. I don't want to get us off track. You pull us back in. But one of the things that's interesting with that is, and I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Do it, some yeah. We're going to question this, but... My advertising budget is zero because I have had so many opportunities just through writing, speaking, and developing relationships with people that has fueled my business in that way. I mean, I have, I have so many people that recommend that book and my materials to people, you know, people with big platforms, you know, like my friend Dave Ramsey or our friends John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, people like that, because they know that it has value for people. I'm not paying them. They're not, getting, they're not concerned about an affiliate commission. They just know that it helps people, and so they share it as a resource. That's how I've built my business, not through just sneaking through the back door, you know, doing some fancy uh, advertising campaign and get my money. And run. No, I've developed relationships that lift my success as I hope it does theirs. I mean, surely that, and, and, you know, surely that in itself is what coaching is all about, right? Like in the nutshell, surely Absolutely. that's what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And my approach, when those early coaches approached me, how can I do what you've done? It was never, 
well, gee, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I don't want you to be a coach here. You're going to steal part of my market. Right. <laughs> I have never taken that approach. I believe so much in abundance as opposed to scarcity. I mean, we could never touch the tip of the iceberg in terms of people who are candidates for effective coaching. If I train uh, 10,000 other people to be coaches, we'll never address the needs out there. So I have no concern about saturating the market, but a lot of people get caught up in that. Gee, well, they don't want to share what their best practices have been, what's worked for them. Man, I, I share so readily. People can look inside my world very easily. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I believe that um, you're a, a, a true leader in the coaching space. Um, and I uh, want to thank you for coming on the show and spending some time with us. I think that, you know, no, knowing how we went on and on and on after breakfast <laughs> when we were hanging out in Nashville, <laughs> I'm sure we could go on and on and on here today as well. But I'm mindful of your time uh, and uh, obviously the time of our listeners. I mean, obviously, 48days.com for you guys tuning in. We'll have show notes to the book over at Amazon and everything else as well. Uh, on the show notes page, chrisducker.com forward slash episode 199. Um, Dan, thank you, uh, first and foremost, for making me feel so welcome at your home uh, with Joanne as well. It was lovely to spend some time with you guys and meeting uh, the lovely little Clara as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys tuning in, i got to tell you something. This little girl knocked me and hers sideways. She is incredible and there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that she's going to be a big 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 success no matter what avenue she goes down in terms of what she wants to do career-wise at some point in the future just we just instantly fell in love with her instantly so if you ever get tired of her you can send her over to the duckers we'll take her uh, thanks that's my <laughs> granddaughter claire you're talking about it yeah and she and her grandma my wife joanne have a new book yes you're well aware of she read the whole thing to you what she if it did. were possible and that really kind of shares her philosophy about life. What if it were possible and she doesn't see many things as being impossible? Right. I love it. I think yeah. it's fantastic. Dan, you're a real star. Thank you so much for taking time with us. And uh, I can't wait until we get the opportunity to catch up again. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend, for allowing me to share the time with you and hopefully inspire your listeners as well. Oh, without a doubt. Um, you guys, thank you for tuning in, and uh, I'll be back at you again next week. Until then, take good care, be very, very kind to each other, and remember to do great things for the world. Speak to you soon. If the idea of an entrepreneurial community where you get to learn from the best in the business, as well as rub shoulders, gain support, have access to immediate feedback, as well as nonstop accountability from your peers, is something that excites you. Then visit youpreneur.com for more information and to get started on building a business you can truly be proud of today. That's youpreneur.com. We'll see you on the inside.